Hey everybody, it's your post-wrestling news update. I'm John Pollock alongside Wei Ting. We're going to dive into some of the news from the past 24 hours or so, starting off with the raw numbers from Monday night. And this was kind of similar way to what we saw with Dynamite last week, only it was the opposite effect, is that with Dynamite hitting such a big high the second week of Sting, we saw you know a big fall the next week. With Raw, we hit this historic low last week, and inevitably, there was like a big jump up. And I think that it's kind of this week's number, a million six hundred ninety-one thousand viewers. It's not a great Raw number, but it's good enough in this day and age for, or this era of Raw. The real important number to me was the 18 to 49 figure. Last week, it plummeted to a 0.41, staggeringly low. This week, uh, the the big uh, important news is that that number recovered doing a 0.53. They were up almost uh, just over 29% in the demo. And I would say that is the uh, minimal relief, but I would also not look at this number as a, oh, it was just a over panic last week. I think that that would be a very easy thing to do this week. Um, there are still to me the never ending issues with raw, but at least this week uh, they kind of reached their kind of uh, above water point. As always, it's it's the trends and it's the averages that I think matter most. And, um, you know, no matter what, like, this is still within the range of, like, some pretty bad numbers. Like, you know, considering maybe year over year. Uh, under that- under 1.7 million today, it's like, that's that's below what you want to be doing. But, it, like, this is far from, you know, the the lowest. But this is, you know, it's it's not it's not a great number, but it's not last week. What, so what were they for the night, like, uh, ranking-wise? They were still uh, up. They were the, the fourth uh, program of the night on cable. So when you're when you're assessing it against its cable competition, it is not like this is still performing very well by its competition on Monday nights, especially when the NFL is there. But you know, last week, those that were looking for reasons of why this number was so low, many pointed to the NFL game. This week, the NFL game, there was actually like. It was actually 2% higher this week. So that tells me like last week was a very strong sign of a program people were not interested in. And it wasn't just because of competition on television. It was a active disinterest in what Raw was providing. Sure. Absolutely. Um, Now, if you maybe have to look at any sort of like reasoning for maybe, you know, at least a bit of a jump this this week. Uh, Obviously, we have a show coming off of TLC. The Raw itself didn't have a whole lot other things, I would say, you know, going for it. But do you, do you think differently? I think the major factor would have to be coming off the pay-per-view. And I would be curious, like, how much traction or just um, the, the the car crash mentality that was, what the hell was the Bray Wyatt thing that I at least want to tune in to see what the hell they do after they lit this dude on fire. Um, but I attribute it mostly to the TLC show within the, the body of the show um, really only the big losses uh, in the third hour were uh, women, 12 to 34. They lost 22% in the third hour adults over 50. Interestingly enough, the kind of stalwart audience that they have in that demo in the third hour, they were down over 25%. So a quarter of that, demo that they always performed strongly in uh they were checked out and they started off very high in the first hour 
So third hour, we had, of course, the, what is it, the holiday fight, street fight? Holiday street fight. And uh, what else we got? Uh, uh, Charlotte and Asuka, Lacey Payton, was that the the last? Yeah, it was the the Orton promo, which I would say would be one, would, would have been one of the bigger things on the show. That was... That was towards the end of hour two that that he came out, and I mean may, maybe that was something. Um, I mean, in the end, you're really just competing with I think the length of the show as well. So uh, it, you know maybe it's not necessarily uh, so much an indictment on how interesting the final um, segments are, but are they interesting enough to kind of combat you know the wear of being in a third hour? Yes, um, I think that this Friday. I think SmackDown is going to do a very big number. You are promoting three title matches. You have the NFL lead-in, and it's Christmas. That I don't look at that as a negative uh, this year, especially. Um, I I think it's actually a great sign for humanity. Way if SmackDown is through the roof, because that would mean families are under their own roof on Christmas and not going elsewhere. Uh, that's an interesting way of looking at it. Sure, I am rooting. For the biggest SmackDown number of the year on Friday, it would give me some faith in the world that SmackDown is gigantic. So spoilers are out there for the show that was taped yesterday. Uh, We're not going to go through them here, but you can find them at postwrestling.com. Do you think that will help or hinder the rating? I I don't think it will. I don't think it's going to hurt it. Um, I think that there's an audience that are seeking out spoilers that are the people that are most likely to watch. And I, I honestly believe that this week of all weeks, like I think that Christmas night, it's um, that to me offsets the anyone like there's not going to be a whole lot going on uh, on Christmas night for a wrestling fan that I think that they will tune on SmackDown. I think that the, the results are as much interesting to watch as they would be someone to say, Oh, I don't need to tune in now. So I, I, and that goes for me most times uh, of the year. Like we all, the, Adam Cole, Keith Lee thing like that, that did not ruin it for anybody at all. They, they did a, they did a very good number back in July for that NXT special. Um, I, I just, I've never believed that spoilers hurt. In fact, I think sometimes they will actually help because people want to see it uh, executed or, or, or see it in action. I agree. I agree. I, I also think an improvement this Friday. Uh, so just the last things on, on Monday nights, the, the big rebounds from last week, men 18 to 49 were up 41%. Adults 18 to 34 up 36 percent and uh, adults 25 to 54 up 33 percent. So week to week, um, this was a a back to ground zero point for Raw. Uh, but nonetheless, it's still uh, to me, I, I hope that this is not one of the like it's a Band-Aid and suddenly the the concerns of last week are just eliminated because we we got back to a baseline number and then in three or four months there's another big low and then it's just wash rinse repeat uh we will see maybe legends night's gonna turn everything around we'll see (laughs) january 4th what a busy day that's gonna be what a busy week that's going to be uh that'll be really busy absolutely i can't i didn't put put together that that legends night is january 4th wow yes it's gonna be a lot of wrestling for us this is what we call a segue in professional circles the Wrestle Kingdom cards have been uh, released, the full cards. So we'll go through them. Uh, the first note is that Juice Robinson has suffered a broken orbital and he's out of his match with Kenta and Satoshi Kojima 
challenged Kenta on today's show. So it looks like that will be the replacement match on uh, January 4th for the much coveted briefcase. Unfortunate. I mean, did he suffer this injury last yesterday? Like he would have had to. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, really unfortunate that they go on to announce this thing and then immediately after they have to take it away. I, and I can't really tell you that this was, to me, like, a, so much of a, I don't know, um, hit to this card. Um, I, I have to I, say. I like how you say card because of all the, the TBAs on this list. We basically have one card and it is and it is spread out over two nights. Like, this second night, it's like... All these question marks that mo- most of which you're going to have to wait till the first night is over uh, to what you're going to see on night two. I kind of like that, though. You know, you, like it's it's one full story between the two. Uh, you have to watch the first one in order to see what matches you're going to get the second night. I, I, I kind of I think that's the right way to do a two night card. But I, I think this year, sure, I would say in, in normal circumstances, if you were trying to sell tickets, it would be. Well, we're not operating under normal circumstances. Mm-hmm. And by the way, um, Yasutoshi Nishimura, who's the Minister of Economic Revitalization, uh, this was reported in the Japanese press today. Uh, there's this new policy where they are now limiting large scale events until January 11th, uh, mainly in Tokyo, where the maximum number of people is 5,000 at venues with a capacity of 10,000 or more. Uh, We haven't heard yet any response from New Japan if this directly impacts the Wrestle Kingdom cards, but based on that description, it absolutely would, which would mean a cap of 5,000 per night. Which they may have already sold that much already. So, you know, this is a Tokyo Dome that usually sits above 55,000 people. If you have 5,000 in that building, that's like a what is it like a 9% capacity, which is going to look quite empty unless you, I guess, gather everybody basically in the, in the bottom deck, uh, really unfortunate timing. Uh, but you know, nothing this year has been good timing for anything. So, uh, seems like it's just another handicap and, you know, probably one that will really hit the gate that they were hoping to have across these two nights. So quickly, uh, night one, the updated lineup, Naito Nabushi for the double championship, Okada versus Osprey, Zack Sabre Jr. and Taichi versus the Gorillas of Destiny, Hiroshi Tanahashi versus the Great Okan, Hiromu Takahashi versus El Phantasmo, the winner gets the title shot the next night, uh, presumably the uh, Kenta Satoshi Kojima match on night one, and then the New Japan Rambo. The New Japan Rumble, 22 competitors. It will end with the final four who will then face off in a four-way the next night. And the winner will be the King of Pro Wrestling holder to start the new year. Uh, because after today's last show of the year, uh, Toriyano ended the year as the King of Pro Wrestling champion. So how does that work? So, okay. So, so the they'll do a battle royal and it'll end with the final four. What, what incentive was was there for uh Toriano to hold it till the end of the year. If- you are the it you're the year you will go down as the 2020 holder of the King of Pro Wrestling title. You are the winner for this year. And okay. now it restarts. So he could have lost it like December 31st. Yes. And the whoever would beat him for it would be the new champion for that exactly. year. Exactly. This is like hot potato. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's still a questionable concept, but nonetheless, I guess it gets another <laughs> uh, storyline into this into this uh, double double night card. Um, it's 
it's honestly it seems like maybe it's among the best card they can do create with the roster that they have i i can't really say that it stands out amongst previous wrestle kingdoms you don't really kind of have that special attraction that you might have had in previous years with some of the international flavor but um it's it seems like it's the best they can do night two it's jay white challenging the winner of naito and abushi it's taiji shimori defending the junior heavyweight title against either hiromu or phantasmo Never Openweight Championship, Shingo Takagi against Jeff Cobb. Evil versus Sonata, the four-way for the King of Pro Wrestling uh, Championship. And then the Junior Heavyweight Tag Titles, El Desperado and Yoshinobu Kanemaru versus Ryusuke Taguchi and Master Wato. Wrestle Kingdom debut for Master Wato. He'll probably be in the Rambo. And, and a maybe. stardom dark match will be on night two, but we probably won't get to see that. It's too bad. Like, I feel like there's, to me at least, I have uh, a lot more interest in that than some of the other matches. So I don't know what sort of hangups they still have with like broadcasting the starter matches on on New Japan World, but um, I'm kind of curious to see that one. So where, where's your interest level? You seem to be like somewhere in the middle. Like this is mm-hmm. not a a big year, a big Wrestle Kingdom that usually it's just the lineup is so deep and there's all this anticipation. But I wouldn't say it's like nil. It's no, just it's they're, they're a victim of circumstances that are, are what they are. They don't have access to you know certain foreigners, and you know they're also trying to spread this out over two nights. And there's there's only so many attractions they have. Yeah, I certainly have a lot of sympathy. You know, when you look at a card like this, um, it's. My interest, I would say, maybe on a scale of like one to ten, maybe it's at a six. Like a lot of these matches are things that we've either seen before or at least aren't all that interesting. Like in the case of like the great Okan versus Hiroshi Tanahashi. I mean, it, it you know, like the thing, you know, the thing is, though, like on, on a show like this, you know, everybody's going to be like performing at their absolute best. So you're going to see very maybe a different, amazing great Okan match. Um the stories I I honestly haven't really been as in tune with since the G1. So uh, we're going to do a primer, you and I and WH Don next week. So uh, I hope to get caught up along with uh, the rest of our audience during a show like that. Maybe I'll be a bit more invested, but I can't really say I'm that into even the main event, you know, angle of like this uh, double gold dash this year between Naito Ibushi and Jay White. Yeah, I would say for, for night one, I mean, Naito and Ibushi should be very dramatic. Um, Okada and Osprey should be fantastic. I think Hiromu and Phantasma will have a, an outstanding match. The Tanahashi one, like that's like really great. Okan has to come out and have the performance of a lifetime. Uh, Zach and Taichi against the Gorillas, um, take it or leave it. Um, that one, hopefully, it delivers. And if it does, that'll kind of uh, then they'll be over delivering. I don't know if there's necessarily. Um, a, a giant expectation attached to the tag match. And then, of course, the the New Japan Ronbo, which, for those who know, one of my favorite matches of the year is that New Japan Rumble that never ends. Ronbo, young man Ronbo. Exactly. <laughs> uh, a positive, it's that it's what looks like it's going to be a six, seven match card instead of like 11. That's true. We're not going to get probably like your marathon five plus hour show. So I think that would actually help them, especially this year that they condense these into, you know, three, three and a half hour shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With the intermission. Yes. Uh, tonight on Dynamite and NXT, we have a taped edition of Dynamite featuring Tony Schiavone interviewing Sting. Kip Sabian and Penelope Ford revealing the wedding date. 
the Young Bucks versus the Acclaimed for the tag titles that they are promoting as the main event of the show. Pac versus The Butcher. Dustin Rhodes versus Evil Uno. Chris Jericho and MJF versus Top Flight. Jurassic Express versus 5 and 10 of the Dark Order with Colt Cabana and Hikaru Shida in action. NXT's got a very Gargano Christmas. Finn Balor and Kyle O'Reilly relive their takeover match. Oni Lorcan and Danny Burch against Drake Maverick and Killian Dane in a street fight for the tag titles. Isaiah Scott versus Jake Atlas. Rhea Ripley versus Dakota Kai. And Bronson Reed in action. So what do you think about the NXT lineup, given that they do have a unopposed night? Um, seems pretty standard, to be honest. Like, nothing, no hot match to really kind of look forward to, at least on paper. Um, I would have done something definitely a bit bigger. Uh, it seems like a very standard, maybe even less than standard edition of NXT. I, I find it interesting that they're going to do the Bucks and Clean match for the in, in the main event. What do you think they'll start the the night with coming off of the NBA? Um, if the results that are out there are accurate, I believe it is the Jericho MJF tag match with Top Flight that I believe starts the show, unless they, for whatever reason, didn't tape in order. Uh, but that that's as I recall how I'd read it. I think that's a good choice too. You know, like your your most popular guy, right? And, and I really like the idea of yeah, it, like it was the same concept. Of, like if I was picking between the two, I would have gone with the Bucks and the Acclaim. But it's the same principle of your established stars with your young rising team in, and you're doing that essentially with Jericho and MJF against Top Flight. So I, I think like that's you know almost equally as good a choice if you want to you know start off with you know especially with Chris Jericho. It's you know, much like SmackDown, like when you're inheriting such a giant audience, you want to put what what is most attractive to grab people and a familiar face is helpful. And hey, who are these who are these new guys that look awesome um, that, mm-hmm. you know, you try to accomplish that when possible. Should also mention uh, Tony Khan, Tony Schiavone and Kenny Omega and Don Callis all made appearances again on Impact, even though it was a best of show. Uh, they they taped their kind of extra segments. We had Tony Tony and Tony and Tony do another paid advertisement uh, with Tony Khan even teasing possibly you know in, uh, inviting Impact rosters uh, ro- roster members to Dynamite. Do you think that'll come to fruition on this episode? I I mean the tease is out there, so you could always have something where it's an insert into the show and they have some kind of involvement. But obviously, it's just a question of when that happens. Now that they have introduced that idea, I think Tony Khan, his smug factor is at such a peak. It's great. Like he is him and Tony. It's such a weird duo, but it 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 definitely works. Yeah, like the shade thrown, like especially Tony, like the subtle shade, not even that so much subtle, but like the kind of like, you know, the the little digs he gives impact. It's almost like I definitely think it baby faces them rather than like, you know, it's at the point where I'm like, man, I need impact to punch back, you know, like who's there to speak for impact? Um, Well, I'm, I'm telling you, I mean, that that is the showdown of, of 2021. Tony Khan. Ed Nordholm. I mean, that is that is the money match in wrestling for 2021. We'll book it. Who's who's going to bring the L? Oh my goodness! Yeah, we could have. Um, it's an open air arena, you know. Always possible. You could have Sting's Crow and the Ooh. Anthem Owl. Is Tony Khan and, and a Jaguar to represent a Jaguar versus an Owl? The Khan family, yes. Wow, it's a zoo. Amazing. 
All right. That it is. So everybody, we are going to be back late tonight with a uh, a condensed version of Rewind to Dynamite. We'll be going through that show. Braden Harrington and Davey Portman will have a new edition of Up Next going through A Very Gargano Christmas and everything else on the program. And all of the news can be found at postwrestling.com. Andy at Thompson, most, all over the news today. Most importantly, the Christmas show drops tomorrow morning. So uh, it's Christmas Eve. Uh, be safe, everybody. Enjoy the the time with your families, uh, or time alone. Even you know, if you if you uh, are able to, if you're not working, uh, and yeah, look for the Christmas show tomorrow morning. Yes, have a wonderful Christmas, everyone. We will talk to you before that, but yes, the Christmas show drops Thursday morning. Look forward to that, and that will uh, take up a portion of your day. I promise. That is it. We'll talk to you tonight on Rewind to Dynamite.